lovely people out there. Welcome to the 11th ep- welcome to the 12th episode of Rise Up Teens. Today we have Benjamin with us and people say hobby engineers cannot have well a business or they cannot do anything. Well, Benjamin is more than the exception. He's actually an entrepreneur and he wants to help people more. And today we have Benjamin with us who's going to take us behind the scenes how does a hobby engineer goes from an engineering standpoint to an entrepreneur. Hi there Benjamin, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Ab. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Benjamin. Benjamin, I want to ask, what's your background? My background. So, I was born in England, London, and my mom is from Jamaica and my dad is from Nigeria. So, I'm Afro-Caribbean, but I'm English. When I was wow, that's that means you have a cultural diversity. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. So Benjamin, were you inspired from your cultural diversity to like take both the entrepreneurial route? I was, in, I think I was inspired more by, um, I'd say from a young age, I was always different to most people. So I was always looking for what I could fix and then just looking at seeing how people use things and how I could fix them and make it better. And I think that's what really inspired me to be an entrepreneur. So you want to make people's life better that's a really noble goal i never thought about that and i've also heard that you also have a business of 3d printing would you like to explain oh, yeah. that as well okay so i run a small 3d printing business it's on etsy it's called n3d but it's spelled 3d n3d uh the purpose of that business at the start was to create a kind of select selected product-based uh, 3D printing service. So I would create a product and then I would 3D print that product and sell it to people who want it. Uh, that's how it started, a niche category, which, and it could be selling from a niche category, which would be from like something like anime props, things like that, something that people are really interested in. But that's how it started. The way I'd like it to go would be towards a fully enclosed service-based business. So you would send in what you want me to print and I'll print it for you. So that's why I like to go in the future. That's really impressive, Benjamin. I mean, most people don't even have a 3D printer. Where did you get the idea of buying a 3D printer in the first place? Well, the idea mainly came along because, because I'm a hobby engineer. My whole life I've just spent building things. So the issue with building things is sometimes it's really hard to make what you want to make specifically. So because of that, I just I was looking on YouTube and I saw just cool things showing up about 3D printing. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And it caught my interest so much that I just fixated on it. I saw that they were quite cheap. So I said, why don't I save up? I saved up for about a year and I bought my first 3D printer. That's really interesting. You actually saved up for an year to buy yeah. it? Yeah, honestly, honestly, 3D printers are quite cheap, but I had to save up for so long because I don't get too much market money. So I've saved up on my own and then eventually I had enough to buy it. Oh my god. Like it's like full on investment. You wanted to do your yeah. own investment. Wow. I consider it an investment, yeah. I mean for an engineering student, it is quite unusual for him to like say that I wanted to save up so I can do this and start my own thing. Yeah. Like I mean, you might be the odd one of, of all the engineering students out there. Like, how? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. I think the, I think the difference between an entrepreneur and 
most average people is they're trying to think of things in such a different way that most people don't understand it. And when most people don't understand it, they think it's kind of crazy and it's kind of strange. But in the entrepreneur's mind, they're seeing a much bigger picture, which is something I think we can relate to. We see the much bigger picture, which is why we do these things like save up for a year and get a 3D printer, or why you start a business or things like that. And I feel like most most entrepreneurs can relate to that. That's really, I mean, you actually explain most of the things that an entrepreneur does. I got off with Amrita and she was about talking about how to fill financial gap. I think you have the courage to start your own business is also commendable. I want to ask these things that, um, does your business allow you to like, if you, like for example, can I send you a design and you can print it for me in the second right now? Yeah. So here's the issue. That's where I want to go, but that's not where it is yet. So how it is right now is essentially, I would design the product. So let's say I designed a really cool item that I thought would sell really well. I designed that and I print that, and then I post that on my Etsy store for someone who wants to buy it. Mm. So for example, if you watch Naruto, you watch Naruto? Um, or certain animes? Um, you can choose anything, give an example of whatever you so, want. For example, if you watch anime and there's like this cool anime weapon and you know there's going to be a market for that because those people really like anime, there are people that yeah. really like anime. I design that, I design, I take that item that's in that show, I create a real life 3D model of it and then I 3D print that for someone to buy. So that's where I'm at right now, but what I want it to be is you'll send me a design and my printer will automatically print it with printing software. Benjamin, I also found out that you want to raise much uh, funds so that you can actually expand your business. You actually, oh yeah, you actually applied for a contest and as well, did you win that contest? Yeah. Oh, so it's going to be ending on about the twenty fifth. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully, um, the whole idea is. Depending on the amount of votes you get, you'll be opened up to a dragon's den. I don't know if you know the idea of dragon's den, uh, where you show your idea of the judges and they'll judge it. And if you win, you'll win um, money towards your business, like funding. So that's where I want to go with that. Um, I probably use it not just towards my business, but also towards a side initiative called Bionics, which we'll go into later as part of the video. Uh, also, another project I'm working on, which is some really advanced technology called um, metal 3D printing. So I'm working on low-cost metal 3D printing as well, which is something cool that we can also talk about later. I mean, I was going to go for metal 3D printing, actually. I wanted to talk about it. Oh, ah, all right. Also, and I'm, in general, I've actually researched about 3D printing. 3D printing has come to a point where you don't need a computer, where there is that a reservoir and they just dip inside it yeah. and the Blu-rays create that 3D printing for you. And it's much yeah. faster and cheaper. Oh yeah. Um, that, that type is called uh, SLA, stereolithography. So how it works is you have a UV resin. Do you know what resin is? Yes. So for all the viewers, if you look onto YouTube and you type in resin, they'll show how they pour resin into a mold and then over time they wait and that mold and that resin solidifies and then you can pull out this really cool resin object. Well, if you have a resin that only solidifies with UV light, 
you can actually use that to 3D print. It's a really cool process, um, but it allows for super fast 3D printing out of plastic materials. There are a whole host of different ways that you can 3D print. One way uses cutting paper, another way uses high power laser beams, uh, regular printing technology. There's a whole different, there's whole different methods of 3D printing as well, yeah. I've seen many industries, the fast food industry is actually using 3D printing for food and oh, yeah. houses. Oh yeah. So with 3D printing, um, the growth rate of the market is somewhere near exponential right now. So the way technology is advancing, it means that 3D printing will probably go up like that when it comes to its market uh, value. Um, and that's mainly because it's considered right now to be the latest and greatest um, industrial resolution, uh, revolution. Uh, first it was coal and oil and things like that. And the newest one, the latest one so far, is going to be 3D printing and other manufacturing methods right now at the moment. That's, um, that's impressive. I also want to ask is that, do you hold the future where clients from other countries would send you design and you would be able to print for them? Or better yet, you might design those products for them if they can reach out to you? Oh, that's a great, that's a great uh, question right there. So the idea of 3M and 3D right now is essentially where I'm headed towards going is service-based. So you'll send me the design and then we'll make it for you. However, um, other companies do, do it as well. There are many examples of where you can simply have an idea and then we'll attach our company towards a group of people who are really good at 3D modeling and CAD design and engineers and things like that. They'll make your idea a reality and then we'll go out and manufacture that part for you. So basically you want to outsource some of the part of the company, but while still be connected, you want to be looking at the product in the final and how it looks. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. So it can essentially allow you to do the whole prototyping as well as through proper item and product building all in one. Okay, that's that's really impressive. Like you actually have a cool basic full layout. So my now question is, as being a teenager, do you have someone working for you or is like you being the only person? No. It's just me right now. It's just me right now. And I have my 3D printed myself in my bedroom and I just work from there. Uh, one day, if I ever get funding, I'd like to expand my printer line. And then if, if I ever get enough funding from the business itself, I'd recirculate that into probably getting another person. But the way I see it, um, because the 3D printers are basically mini robots, they would probably be better off for me to automate the entire system, hmm. which could which could be possible. There are people that automate the entire system. So that could be. I want to ask this question. I, like, I say for every parent, was your mom okay with this? Like, oh, you know what? Let's go with it. My son is doing something. Let's go with it. Because my when I told my mom, my mom was like, "Go for it. We have nothing to lose for it." What, what was like? Yeah. I said my mom is very supportive, but some of the stuff that I do is so advanced. Some stuff like the things I do on my old laptop. Some of it is just so advanced that she's just like, "Just do you, Ben." <laughs> like. Uh, because um, sometimes it's really hard to understand, so she'll just let me do my thing and she'll be like, yes, Ben, and congratulate me. Hey, mom's a mom. No matter what, they're going to support you. Yeah. yeah, support you no matter what. And special thanks to every mom out there for being the best at what you are. 
without you coming to us we wouldn't be here i say this proud, i say this to everything and special thanks yeah. to benjamin's mom for making him an entrepreneur now like i want to understand you very deeply and benjamin and what was going back in your head like from a standpoint you look like an average normal citizen but when someone asks you about your life you could you quite different benjamin you hear me okay um you are quite different from most people when when seeing you you just talk nicely and everything but you you're filled with so much wealth of knowledge where did this knowledge come from i want to ask yes a lot of people ask me that when i'm talking about engineering or talking about 3d printing or just anything in general and usually what i say is just youtube and google and the reason i say that is personally i feel like the school system does a great job when it comes to teaching you basic things but if you really want to learn something then the school system really limits you and there's no test they can give you that kind of really test your knowledge on everything it's based on specified things that they teach you in school so if you really want to know something you have to go and find out for yourself and i use a lot of youtube i use a lot of google and wikipedia and things like that to just expand my knowledge on a lot of things i might um, i generally know a lot about a lot of different engineering things because of that if you were given the chance to do something in school what would be the first thing that you would do for engineering students alike or any of the students alike and yeah, i'd say all right i'm not specifically going to say engineering i'm going to say any of the students because i can't say everyone and i probably say um passion a passion project so that would be where you learn as much as you can on one specific thing that you really that you're really really interested in and you become an expert at that subject and by doing that you can take the skill and the knowledge you used to learn everything that you did for that that's a specific subject and you can use it in other parts of your daily life and other things that you learn in school and it would involve a lot of practical experience a lot of practical hands on not just sitting there and reading a book by actually doing things as well so i feel like i probably do that some kind of passion project i see that you have a passion for uh, engineering and for 3d printing but how did you find out that this was a problem that you can turn it into a business so that just started off mainly because i realized if i need a 3d printer and I, if i want parts 3d printed then i'm probably not the only person who does and there are people who actually can't afford to get these parts they can't afford to get the printer themselves so what can we do then i could just act as the service in between to do the printing for them and ship it to them so that's the idea for the future of ben 3d so it's just to be the man in the middle to allow people to have access to what they don't have access to that's that's amazing i want to ask this from my experience because i've i've heard many people say this that they started a business in kindergarten where they would lease their toys for about a buck like $1 or oh, something oh, did yeah. you ever did some kind of thing in school like for example for a homework you did for someone you charged them did you ever do i think mainly my business savviness came around re- really recently i learned a lot very quickly 
but I'd say it probably started from secondary school or what would that be considered high school so um, in our high school or secondary school as you say in uh, England uh, we would sell candy to each other so we'd see someone come around with a huge duffel bag filled with sweets and candy and things like that and they'd look around like they were doing something illegal and they'd walk through selling they'd be like you want to buy you want to buy and they'd sell candy to everyone for a pound two pounds something like that so i feel like i since i did that as well that's probably where i started that's i mean we have actually we have a big sale and in here you we put up our souls we do something the school gives us fake money and we use that as a circular flow and doing that but if if people are gonna ask me i have done that as well i've sold something in school oh no that's that's amazing i mean and it's good that it's, it's good that the school encourages that because most schools don't really teach kids how to actually sell things or to have any financial knowledge until they get to about college and when you do that you actually have to learn study economics specifically to get basic financial knowledge so the idea of just starting bake sales and learning how to sell things is really important as well i feel like it brought to a lot of skill that most people might not have i always wanted to do it because like it was the first thing and uh, like i never knew about anything it was the first introduction though i have sold something before as well like for example chips or juices as well to kids yeah. never thought about that but it was a good business when they like, never pursued it I it doesn't have to be a big business but it has to be a big you have to start from somewhere i mean we all started from somewhere you started with your 3d printing and i'm starting with yeah. clothing you can do it from home yeah. people look at manjaman yeah. he's he started he, he he's an inspiration for you all he's a teenager yet he's doing something Come on, people. We're living. We're millennials. Now, Benjamin, I always have this question, and you have such a burning desire to help people. I want to ask this: like, like third world countries such as Pakistan, India, Nepal, how are you going to help yeah. these businesses get your three D printing services or like your product? Yeah. So right now it's small scale, but I'd say let's say I'm going to talk really theoretically. because that's a worldwide kind of international system you're referring to. But if I was to say uh theoretically um it would probably be through uh different collections of 3D printing um facilities in different countries and considering the fact that it, if you were to automate it it would be quite cheap to do. Um you could have it in many different countries for a relatively cheap price and by doing that it would be quite easy for you to have a facility within each region where someone could order different parts from and if not then it could all be situated in one country and you could ship overseas however then you'd have to deal with things like shipping costs and things like that i'm i'm impressed but i'm impressed with everything you've said and the way you said about 3d printing in general and how you want to set up your business i think you already have a big layout already set for it yeah i've got some idea of what i want to do some idea Yeah. Earlier you said about metal uh, like metal printing like metal ah. printing. Yeah. I I'm interested into it because it's such a variant topic and we can like yeah. if, think about the possibilities with it. You can make a smartphone with metal printing mm. and you can do it at home. Yeah. It's such so, a Yeah. The idea of the idea of metal 3D printing is it's the same as regular 3D printing but it's in metal. So the issue I see with it right now is the fact that it's very expensive. a machine for just a small area for metal 3d printing could be 
upwards of 100K. So 100K to a few million. So what I'm working on is a system that could drop the price from 100K to a few million to 25, no, less than 25K, probably around 10K or less. So something that's as low as possible, as well as creating it open source. So if it's open source, anyone can have access or anyone can have the ability to create it for themselves for an even cheaper price. And all, all of the parts will, should be available to the average consumer as well. I'm fascinated by it. But again, you need investment or people to uh, fund the project. Did you apply to yeah. most universities or ask them for uh, that I have this project and this is the system? It can reduce this yeah, much. Oh, that's interesting. So what I'm actually going to be doing soon is once I've got a substantial uh, section of the 3D model finished, so right now it's in its 3D modeling stage, I'm creating the entire system right now in, in software. So what I'll be doing is once that's finished, I'll actually finish writing a research paper on it, which will explain every single individual part of the machine, how it functions, how it compares to a highly expensive system, what the downfalls and the um, positives would be. There are certain things that would be hard to do on this cheaper system than would be accomplishable on a more expensive system. But the idea is just to drop the price overall anyway. So it's just, I'll be writing a research paper just dictating everything that that's in that machine. Yeah. And then I'll show it to universities and see what they do. That's amazing. Are you going to like, for example, if this paper actually go through and you actually do receive substantial funding and everything, um, are you deciding to become a patent? A, a patent, a, a patent. person who designs a product and he can lease it out to someone under his name and they pay him the fee for the product. That is known hmm. as a patent. Maybe I would, maybe I would. That would definitely be a good idea, considering it would allow me to get a large... Uh, the thing about metal 3D printing is um, it's quite profitable. And the reason it's quite profitable is it allows you to manufacture parts in a very highly efficient way. And it allows you to create structures that you wouldn't be able to create in the regular way of cutting metal and um, injection, mold, injection molding it, which means um, it's mainly targeted towards people who want lightweight parts. So people in the aerospace industry, when you want to make a plane, you want to make it really out of lightweight metal parts. And to do that, some of the parts have to be um, metal 3D printed. And it could mean that a part about this size could be worth $5,000. So at that point, yeah, it could be a really profitable thing for me to do to lease it out to someone else if they wanted to have things printed or made. So essentially you're trying to say that transport vehicles and everything that we have, their prices would drastically go down. So for example, a ticket here to go to, a one-way ticket here to go to Pakistan is like well, 300 riyals or something, mm. which would be drastically gone down to about one, uh, 1k, 1k riyal. So here's the issue with metal 3D printing, it's very expensive. That's why it's only used in um, aeroplanes. However. Let's say you have a metal part that weighs one kilogram in the aeroplane, right? Now you compare that to our metal 3D printed part, which only weighs 300 grams. Now, the cost of the aeroplane, the cost of flying the aeroplane depends on the weight of the aeroplane, because then you're going to have to buy more fuel, right? So the lighter you make the aeroplane, the less fuel you have to use to fly it, and the less fuel you have to fly it, then the less money it's going to cost. So by 
investing in higher cost lighter weight metal 3d printed parts you can therefore save a lot of money on the back end when you're actually flying the plane and investing in, into the fuel for that plane so short term it will cost a lot of money for the part but long term it will save you quite a bit when it comes to how much you be spending which is why it's not only used for just airplanes but it's also used for spaceships so rocket engines are now are now being 3d printed as well so basically what you're trying to say is that in mass production you you benefit a lot but in small scale you don't benefit so that's yeah exactly which is why my printer is designed to also work towards small scale as well that's why I'm trying to bring the cost down as much as possible so it could so it could be practical towards the average individual user who had a small business to have a machine like that. That means taking essentially a new industry. You can create a new industry from it. Hmm. That's really remarkable, mean, meaning that you actually leave a footprint onto the earth They're saying that, hi, my name is Benjamin, I actually created this product. Yeah. It would it would be a huge it would, it would be a huge thing especially if it's open source because everyone would have the ability to modify it and one thing I like about the uh, the idea of it being open source and not having having it patented or something like that is um, so three D printed three D printing really started from about the nineteen nineties I'd say and then it boomed and the exponential growth started when the patent actually ended on three D printing. So that pattern was actually owned by one person. And because of that, 3D printing for a regular printer that I have in my in my room right now would cost upwards of a few thousand dollars. So once that pattern was finished and people had access to modifying it and decreasing the price, the price of a 3D printer went from thousands to a few hundred dollars. And now you can buy a 3D printer for under 200 US dollars. So as you can see, when you allow people the ability to modify a design, or the ability to have their design open source and you get more collective minds on a specific project project or machine, you can decrease the, the cost dramatically. And I feel like by making my metal 3D printer design that I'm currently working on open source, it could be the same thing. You essentially want to do the same thing that happened in the COVID-19 pandemic when ventilators became yeah. garbage, people oh, yeah. an open source and the legislation yeah. proved it and they made an open source ventilator today. Which was much cheaper, wasn't it? That's, that's amazing. I mean, the, the only thing short right now is like-minded people to help you. Have you actually yeah. started to recruit people to think that they can, or like ask that's, experts on the topic? Of this? It's so hard to do, but what I do is I ask experts. So I'm in this, if you have Discord, everyone really knows Discord now. Um, I'm in a lot of 3D printing Discord servers with a lot of people who own really advanced 3D printing technology and things like that. And they're always open to help you, always open to learn. A lot of engineers are on there as well, so they can help me with a problem and having a problem and things like that. So I do that, but I also have to research on my own and look at lectures online and see what those lecturers are saying about this, this printing process or about the power requirements, about different aspects of the technology. I mean, you could use LinkedIn for connections as well, right? Have you yeah, for sure, for sure. I'll definitely be getting started on LinkedIn too, because it's a very, it's a very wide area, and it's something I know I could definitely find a few people to help me with if I was to look on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, if anyone was actually interested in uh, actually want to build this project with Benjamin, definitely, you can actually definitely. look into his podcast and actually contact him on LinkedIn if he actually yeah. makes yeah. an account. It yeah. might be linked in the description though if you want to contact him. Yeah. 
for sure. The next topic is that you actually talk about bionics in general, but I will, oh, yeah. I will get into bionics in general. I want to talk, I want to like understand why do you want to help people? Is helping in general nowadays is like, you know, like a click away and like just gain popularity. Yeah. But yeah, goal to help people is different. Why? I feel like the idea of helping people now has been watered down to signing a petition. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like a lot of people are, have this misconception of how much that can actually be in comparison to just going outside your house, buying some food and giving it to someone who needs it. So, which is, that's really why I just set out to make the Bionic Arm. Uh, number one, I thought it would be something really cool to prototype and try out. That's one of the reasons. Number two, I feel like it would have a big impact. And number three, I don't see why it's not being done already. We have the technology, number one. We, it's low cost, number two. And three, it's easy to implement. So I, I live in the UK where we have the NHS system. And a lot of people who have lost their arms have to pay a substantial amount of money to get a bound car. Why can't we just 3D print them for cheaper? Why don't we have institutions designed to create 3D printed bounding arms? And we do so far, only slightly a few though, and the price should be way below where it is so at the moment with the current technology that we have. That's actually a lot of, um, I'm actually researched on the UK as well, but like the UK university is actually taking this initiative towards engineering and people towards something. And that comes back to the same question. Do you think metal, your invention of like metal 3D printing can actually help in bionic arms and reduce cost as well for oh, it? It could, but the idea of metal, uh, metal 3D printing is more for stronger applications. It could definitely help if you were to look towards people who needed a really, really strong metal heavy bionic arm for really tight use cases but at the moment the idea is actually to create the uh 3d printed bionic arm out of regular uh, polymer so if i give you an example i was going to state it give me a moment right here i have this material this is called pla it's a standard 3d printing material called polylactic acid it's made out of plant fibers so it's made out of a chemical process which involves um plant like uh, plant uh, fibers and things like that so the price of it is actually really cheap it's about 20 pounds per kilogram and if you were to make it yourself it would be way less but the idea is to make a bionic arm out of really cheap material like this so in the event that it breaks it would be easy to print a new part for a relatively cheap price and i'm talking probably under let's say 20 uh, 30 us dollars for the for the bionic arm pieces it's it's essentially like, it's essentially like the students from Harvard who made the one dollar microscope. I have searched their yeah. stuff, and they actually made a durable oh, yeah. thing. I've seen that as well as the uh, blood centripetal centripetal mach machine that separates the blood through spinning, yeah. and that costed roughly under five dollars or something like that as well. Yeah, for I testing mean, for malaria. I mean, now anybody can afford it, but yeah. But the main question comes back here is that an invention can be made, but what about this mass production and scaling of it? How can people yeah. get it? How do people get it? So this is the issue. That's the one, that's the, that's the point of 3D printing. 3D printing is amazing and it's quite low cost. It allows you to create complex parts and things like that. It's really open. Issue is the printing times are quite long. So what you need to do is 
it's not just one, you can't just use one 3D printer. You have to use, if you were to supply on a mass production scale, probably hundreds, if not thousands, because they take quite a few hours to do a print, then you have to get the print off, then you have to start a new one. But if you were to use a software, you could automate the process. So you could use robots to take the 3D printed part off of the 3D printer, and then it would start the printer again, and it would continue over and over and over again. And the pro to that is, since it's a 3D printer, let's say you have a design that you're printing, but there's an issue with the design that you need to change. It's really simple to just remodel the design and then send that to the 3D printers and they'll just print the new design easily. There's no modification that you need to make to the setup. You can change designs really, really easily. So it allows for a really quick manufacturing setup when it comes to prototype to new product, prototype to new product. I've actually um, have a suggestion I can give, uh, give it. The suggestion that I came up with was that uh, a server where you are the person who's monitoring and people send their thoughts with example figures and drawings and yeah. those that you can become the representative for those people and you can start printing and testing those ideas out, creating a server or a channel where this idea can be created. Have you thought about uh -huh. that? So that's already that's something called uh 3d modeling so 3d modeling is run through something called CAD software uh computer aided design and on that you're able to um take whatever idea you have in your head and create a 3d model of that mm -hmm. and then you'd be able to send that to me or you could use some some kind of software that was hosted by us however it would probably be better to use a kind of CAD software that already exists and has all a lot more features. However, I do like how we're going when it comes to the server. That's something we have in 3D printing already. And to people who don't own 3D printers, um, there's something called a Raspberry Pi, which is a small computer. Mm. Now, this Raspberry Pi or small computer can be used to control a 3D printer and allow you to control your printer from your computer. And not only does it does that, since the Raspberry Pi code is open source, it means you can add a lot more features to your 3D printer, such as, let's say someone orders a part from your website. Well, once they order that part from your website, it will send something to the Raspberry Pi, which would automatically start the 3D printer's printing of that part. So you can kind of link things together with this mini server. And if I show you an example, I actually have one right here, and they're relatively cheap. So this could be expanded to hundreds, if not thousands, of printers, all in a small warehouse. Now, I've, like you have given me so many options of like three D printing can become cheaper. It can help you in medical health services and, and all. Then why aren't we doing it? I mean, this should why be the number one priority here, right? That is the question. Why aren't we doing it? I feel like the reason we aren't doing it is for medical. Uh, does your country have a national health care service or a health care um, service? We actually hear the law is that you need to have an insurance whenever you're actually renewing your residency card so that you do not actually um, get an accident, you cannot pay for it. So that's. Is it privatized or is it run by the, is the health care service provided by the government? Um, they actually don't it's only for the residents of the country that actually have the nationality but for foreigners they say that nationality covers this this uh, section such as dentist calls other things such as a uh, bone and surgery yeah that's uh, they are there well, 
I'm going to assume that um, healthcare service we use takes insurance, however, it's also done under the government. In which case, it's very different to a privatized industry. So the difference between privatization and something that's controlled by the government, let's say for medical ways, it's cheap and it's amazing for you to, um, it's cheap and amazing for something that's government controlled. However, in a privatized industry, because there's so many um, new things being invented, for example, uh, because there's so much money going into there, they have more money to invest in things like 3D principal technology or things like that, which may not be able to be afforded to taxpayer money by a government. So because of that, there isn't a rise as much in this new technology in the NHS system in the UK because there's no funding that can be put towards it. That's part. And another part is the fact that no one in, no one really understands the technology that well. We, no one really uses it that much because it's relatively new. But there are situations where things are being 3D printed within the medical industry, such as um, skull replacements. If you were to crack your skull open, uh, they could 3D print a kind of closing cap to be placed on your skull. There's also 3D printable organs now, which is coming in. It's relatively new. I feel like over time we will adopt it, but we need more people pushing towards it, if you get what I'm trying to say. I get that the government cannot, um, I mean, the government does have, and they're actually running a country in private individuals as well, but I'm talking about institutions such as, um, if you do not know about Manchester, which is also one of the most famous universities there uh, out there, and Oxford, yeah. Cambridge is also out there, why aren't they yeah. taking initiative towards 3D printing? I mean, it can actually help and save lives. They are a private organization and they actually fund on uh, other sections such as medical research, etc. Yeah. Why aren't yeah. they? I feel like it is, it's more that the, te the technology is so new that we have it, but we don't really know the expanse of what to do with it. We have a few small companies that do things like medical 3D printing. But I feel like since the technology is so new to us, it hasn't come out the woodworks yet. It's still in its kind of testing phase. They do have things like 3D printing organs or 3D printing hearts, but it's not really ready to come out to the public. I feel like definitely more could be done. And with the way the technology is, it's at a point where it's somewhat cheap enough to have it achievable today. Okay, that's, that actually answers most of the question that I actually had about it. I want to ask you this thing, a question is that both for your 3D printing company and for Bionics, what type of impact do you want to achieve in the world with both of those companies in mind? So the idea of, three, of M3D is more of a service-based kind of setup. So the idea is just to give more people the chance to make what they want for a cheaper price. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. Give more people access to things without having to have a whole machine that they have to buy. I'll have it done for you at a relatively cheap price and it will be sent to you. And for the Bionics initiative, it's not really around money, it's relatively cheap, but the idea is maybe humanitarian. So it's just to help as many people as possible. By making it open source, it could be worldwide, it could be close, it could be close in, in within your area, but it's just to kind of give the idea to people and let them get to work. Let them let them have the ability to create these parts so they can give them to people who need it for a relatively cheap price. And 
it needs to be expanded on and it more needs to be done to have more of these things kinds kinds of thing happening because it's already been done with ventilation systems and we've shown that it works so if we've shown that it works then why don't we expand it to a bigger system why don't we expand it to many many industries such as um vehicles it could be in medical it could be in a whole host of industries it should have been done a long time ago but at least it's happening now it took a whole pandemic to have them start open sourcing ventilators and making parts 3d printable for ventilators but it's starting now and it should continue to flow i hope the open source platform still remain open source for many future products because yeah. it is a really good idea for many future engineers to actually add on something new to them but what i get is always is that sometimes you don't need actual parts to make something i've actually seen people make robotic arms just from trash cans alone i've actually witnessed someone i don't know if you watch nas daily or something but someone from africa with the poverty in his entire village he built a car out of a trash which which, which reminds me of that one thing in one quote is that of my mother she says this quote and i said it to amrita as well in the last episode before you that she told me that if you were given a pen and a pencil what would you do with it i want to ask you benjamin if i had a pen and a pencil i i just i just start drawing i start drawing whatever came up in my mind that's what she that's did that's what she told me either you would write something or either you would draw something that would be in value and you can exchange it for something else yeah So That's this amazing. quote that I'm relaying can how can this quote affect you guys in ways that can reach you to heights that's imaginable imaginable so how can this hope kind of make people reach different heights yeah so i think the difference between there's two types of people there's people who would sit there and they write notes on that paper for themselves and there's people who would sit there and see the value in whatever they could write on that paper and then sell it so there's two types of people there so that doesn't mean one is better than the other but it shows that one's the normal person and one's the really crazy entrepreneur the one that's willing to take the risk and see what they can make out of nothing so i feel like the idea of being an entrepreneur is quite high risk not everyone makes it could be the top 1% out out of 100 or so but the ability to take something out from nothing and create something grants you not only success but it could be world changing so i think it allows you to reach new heights because it makes you think in ways others couldn't so it makes you think about things and think about what you could do with something in ways that someone would never dream of you're able to see something and think hmm you could use this for this but also this but also this they see it they could be like oh it's just for this so it grants you the ability and the skill to create something from nothing essentially and we need that and that's what our society is built upon and we don't realize that entrepreneurs create the idea and then the workers turn the idea into a reality but first you need the actual idea and that comes from entrepreneurs that actually i actually have this idea in my head is that if every 3d printing company actually started working uh, here they could make design and billboards for people at low cost in low small build yeah. businesses and this could be profitable it would be it would be as well as the fact that it's not only 
it's not only just the idea of a service-based business, but creating 3D printers and selling them is also a profitable industry as well. So it's not only using that idea for something, but it could be selling the idea. Like 3D printers went from 2,000 or more or more dollars each, let's say, to under 200 US dollars. That, that's not a coincidence. That comes from entrepreneurs and engineers combining their thoughts and ideas to create a system that's cheaper yet works the same amount or even better than the more expensive system. It's possible. It's definitely possible. And it's something that has been shown to have this effect. And it's something that will continue to have this effect on many different industries. Do you have, you have a chamber of commerce uh, in UK or something? Sorry? A chamber of commerce. And it's a like-minded place where entrepreneurs or businessmen come together and they make a policy which goes to the representative or the person who's actually the policy maker and then they relay the message to the prime minister and he starts to make the law which goes to the parliament do you have that honestly i don't know but i'd have to find out i think we could but i've honestly i've never seen i've never heard of it i've never heard of it so i i maybe it's because i haven't heard of it but i don't think we do I mean, if a chamber of commerce does exist, uh, you can, I mean, small businessmen can come together and create their own organization of sorts, which can yeah. actually raise media attention in the local yeah. street. Yeah. Have you actually thought about that? If I've thought about it. One of the things I've been trying to do is always just find ways to find funding. So the issue I'd say would be there's not really enough government grants that encourage entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism, and there's not enough government grants that encourage um it, it doesn't really encourage the younger generation to, to really do research and create things and i feel like that's a serious issue it's a serious gray area one thing that i found is there's essentially almost zero way of getting money for a project that you're working on if you're under the age of an adult which is kind of crazy considering a lot of ideas come from children and quite a few of these ideas could be world changing and by the time they get up to an adult they might forget these ideas so we need a system that creates funding but also verifies these ideas to see whether they actually deserve the funding and we need to get more kids and younger people into this area where they can actually have money and things like that to kind of do the research and create new ideas because that's what we need that's, that's remarkable i mean your idea of that that children actually think of more ideas it's true children do think of ideas and children did make some ideas into reality. I can name you a kid, a 14-year-old kid who started a bank in a country. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a 14-year-old kid? I've even seen a, a kid, I think he was 15 or 14, who made a nuclear reactor on his own. Dude. A nuclear reactor, a fusion reactor. I mean... He made that on his own. So this idea, it's crazy, isn't it? So I feel like a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to how the brain functions, your creativity is up here. Well, let me get it on camera, about up here. And then as you age, it really drops off. It really starts to drop off. Now, that wouldn't be the same for everyone, but that's mainly how it is for most people. Uh, your brain really stops growing when you're about an adult, when you hit the age of an adult or so, and then it just kind of drops off. So I feel like if we don't kind of take these ideas from the younger generation, nip them in the bud when these when these ideas are crazy but they're really new and really unique we need that uniqueness we need these new ideas because these new ideas 
and is what leads to the actual product. And it's what leads to the crazy invention that could solve how many issues in the world. So I feel like we really need to target the younger generation and give them things that they need to succeed and create new ideas. Because it's quite rare that you see a young entrepreneur become successful. Or you see a young person on the TV for creating something. And it shouldn't be rare. Because that's where most ideas come from. Young people create, I'm, I'm not going out to, towards uh, hating on the elder generation. They're wise, they're amazing. But I feel like it's also to, I feel like it's also something that we should do. We should put in place this idea that we understand creativity comes from a mind that is not limited by the things they know from their elder age. So the younger you are, the less limited you are in terms of how you can think and how creative you can be. And when you're less limited, well, you can create a whole new different types of things. You can create a new industry, you could create a new product. Something that could be world changing. You made my jaw drop. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Benjamin, I'm gonna say this. You you know there's a what you know if anyone has read Harry Potter or something or had read any magician book, there's always a white guy with a beard and a hat, and he was <laughs> and he's the most wisest person of all. You're like that. Like I just that. try to think openly. I try to think openly. And that doesn't mean amazing ideas don't come from the elder generation. I'm just saying that as you live your life, the further in your life you go, you, you see something that could kind of stress you out. And the more stress and responsibility you gain in life, well, then you have less time to really be creative, which is why the younger generation are so creative in comparison to the elder generation. Uh, generation. They have less real, they really have less responsibility. And if they have less responsibility, why aren't we investing in people who have more time on their hands to create things? I'm teach, teach them, Benjamin. I'm gonna say this out loud there has to be someone who like gave you this wealth of knowledge, like this. There's no <laughs> way you actually are. What is your age? Tell me your age, though. I'm 17. <laughs> For a 17 year old, you're actually speaking like a 30 year old, actually 30 year old. Once you become open minded and you listen to different opinions, you learn more as you go. You learn more as you go. I mean, I've heard girls grow mature than me by six, by me, and I consider myself as an idiot because I do sometimes <laughs> stupid things. I consider myself an idiot. My sister is far more mature than me, even by this age. And I sometimes I wonder which one is the smarter one of us. She says <laughs> I am the smarter one of you. I'm saying oh, okay, I'm I'm the idiot. Well, with age comes wisdom, though. With age comes wisdom. You have the experience that a lot of younger people don't have, which I do respect because you're able. The elder generation are able to tell us when something is a risk, and able to tell us when something might not go as planned, which I think is amazing as well. So there's definitely no reason to also. Um, down, downplay the other generation. They're amazing, and I think without them, there would be no us as well. They have all the wisdom that we hope to, that we hope to imagine having. Benjamin, that's what I. That's what me and my mom say. I, I have the creativity. Creativity. She has the brain, and she's given me her yeah. wisdom, and I provide that. We come together. Most teenagers don't do that. To be, I'm being frank with you, most teenagers don't even actually have time to actually talk down or sit with their parents, especially their mothers in general when talking for anything. They ask you, they ask me, the usual conversation, hey mom, hey son, can I get five bucks? 
Um, what do you need that for? Um, yeah. going out for friends, something like that. She gives the money they live, they lift, and that's all. To be fair and honest, there was a, if I don't know this thing, but I recently wrote this quote and I remembered from my seventh grade, my language teacher, Urdu, I speak Urdu language and I write it as well. Um, he told me that if you are attached to someone, you can write an essay for them for about a long point and different for many hours on end. I could barely write three lines for my mother and I'm seeing this yeah. on the camera. But now if you give me the time, I can actually write two or three pages more because I've got enough knowledge from her. And that yeah. is something. So I want to ask, who is the big wise one who gave Benjamin the inspiration and courage? I'm, I'm just asking. I mean, she needs to be mentioned here. Please. I'd say it's one, my mom, but I'd say it's also my granddad. So my granddad was my father figure for most of my life. So if, I don't know if it's showing on camera, but this necklace is a picture of me and my granddad when I was a baby. So he was there for me for most of my life. He taught me most of everything I know for engineering. He started me off. He taught me how to make things. We'd sit there, we'd make things. We'd sit there, we'd talk about how I was feeling, what I went through at school, things like that. And I feel like having a parental figure, whether it be your mother, your father, your grandpa, they're there to kind of guide you and put you on a good path. And my granddad definitely did that for me as well as mom. But my granddad for sure was more like Is it? my dad and my brother at the same time. I mean, is your granddad still uh, with us, with you? Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but he's still with me in spirit. I do pray for him that he, he receives a higher place above. Yes, and yes. I do, and I, if anyone here is there, I would I will be clapping here for your granddad for making for raising for raising you man. You're very inspirational for what you have done. And in general, I would want like you said your mother. Could you relay one message from your mother here on the podcast? You wanna tell people right now, the person that molded you to the man you are. One message. My mom would probably say just work hard and do the best that you can. That's what my mom always says. Every time she dropped me off for school, she just said, work hard and be your best. And I think that's something a lot of people should know. Do the best that you can. And if you, and if you can do that, then do more. Do as much as you can, push yourself. That doesn't mean push yourself to the extreme, but push yourself further than you could the day before. Do more. And by doing more and building yourself up as an individual, then you can work to create mass change. So the, the better you build yourself, the better you can build the world. I mean, so far, like, man, I'm, I'm speechless. I mean, <laughs> you, you being you and finding people like you is like a dream for me. That's the whole reason I want to help people like you. It's like, I believe your story can be heard by people and I believe they can be heard. If audience are looking out there, if they believe in Benjamin's idea, I think it can be a revolution. Hmm? But it's also you as well, because you had your clothing brand. And it's not just it's not just the clothing brand itself, it's the idea of having this idea and actually trying to put it out there. Whether it fails or does well, the fact that you can try, anyone can try, and actually do their best to push towards something is the start. Since most people don't realize no one creates a successful business on the first try. There's many tries, but the successful person is always the one who continues to try over and over again. 
And I feel like a lot of people need to realize that. And I feel like that's what separates the entrepreneur from the average person. They'll try once while the entrepreneur will try many times and they'll fail over and over again, but they'll get back up. And that's a high risk that most people aren't willing to take. That's the that same goes back to the question. And that same goes back to yeah, the logical person will say, it's not making me profit. I go out of here. Whereas the entrepreneur will lose all sense of rationality and say, you know, I'll keep on going with it. And he will achieve success at some point of his life. So yeah. Benjamin, you've been an inspiration here to us and to every engineer out there and to every person here. We have a tradition on the podcast. We give a quote and we ask you personal thing and then we go for the trivia question. So okay. there's a quote and I think this best suits you. His name is George Westinghouse. And the reason why George Westinghouse isn't said a lot in history, he was the man who revolutionized the two-day holiday that you have, revolutionized the standard healthcare services, and the person yeah. who I think bring the B2C model, meaning to satisfy customers' needs to the fullest. And if a known fact, many people say that Thomas Edison actually created the electricity, wrong. Our Thomas Edison created it the direct electricity. He was the one who created the fluctuating current. Ah. The man, that's the man who So today you're actually watching this podcast, say respects to him. And he has a quote from it. If someday they say of me that in my work, I have contributed something to the welfare and happiness of my fellow men, I shall be satisfied. What is your take on it? I feel like it just, I don't know, how, to, how do I say it? I feel like it definitely matches me. It's not necessarily the money I make. It's not necessarily uh, what I've done to produce. It's whether what I've produced actually benefits people and it can actually be something that's worth remembering. And if that's the case, then I'm happy. That's, that, that's just how I do not everyone everyone has this idea where being an entrepreneur has to lead to a lot of money and a lot of success but most people don't realize that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are doing things that are changing the world and they're not making anything from it but they have that they have the income of happiness alone and they have their satisfaction and they have the happiness they gain from just helping other people's lives benjamin that's a true thing and the reason why i chose this quote is because he this man actually worked in his grandfather like father's engineering shop his own shop wow. and he dropped out of college after the civil war war when he entered the university dropped out of it to pursue his engineering career and this story resembles benjamin a lot that's why i chose this quote for him his story resem resembles me a lot and i think it might though benjamin we have three we have trivia questions here and the simple trivia oh, yeah. question is that how did you and i met was the first message that i did oh, oh i can't remember the fact. i know you i know you messaged me on whatsapp and we were talking about business a long time ago we were talking about business i think it was facebook marketing as well we were discussing how you had a clothing brand and i had a, a 3d printing business and we were talking about um how we could market that on Facebook through the face the Facebook marketing app to thousands of people and how we could get our business to grow. That's actually right, Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin, there's another person I would want to interview and his name is Junarine. I I can't oh. contact him right now, but I will sure to bring him. He and I 
well, Benjamin, me, and Hilarine have a history. So the main one group that we were in, that all three of us was in. Sorry? Oh, all three of us. Was it the 14.2 SOF group? After the SOF one, there was one group yeah. that we were in. I can't remember the name specifically, but we were in a group where we uh, were working on the design of things together. I think. It was known as Marketplace and Services. Yeah, Marketplace and Services, that group. So for my viewers, yeah. maybe he might be the next person after Benjamin to come here because he yeah. is also an engineer and he's also a passionate a farmer as well because he farms his own fruits and products. Benjamin, yeah, we, I want to ask you this question and this thing. What is one message you want to give right now to the world, uh, what people here? Um, this is my quote that I, that I love. Uh, my quote that I always use every single day, whenever I'm around people, it's always, it costs nothing to be kind. So I feel like a lot of people find being kind a hard thing these days. A lot of people are, are normally rude and then kindness is kind of their small thing that they do every so hours or, or something like that. And my quote would be, it costs nothing to be kind. It's literally free. You don't have to put effort into being a good, nice person. And I feel like a lot of people need to learn that. And a lot of people can, if they use that kind of mentality, they'll go really far. That's really amazing. And as always, viewers, um, I would like to say in my closing, as well as every closing remark, in the end, I always leave you guys with a question. But today, I'll leave you with something different. I want to ask you this, that if you have a dream and a desire right now, if any stupid idea you have, everybody has a stupid idea. I have an idea here. I want to become the four-time best-selling New Yorker, uh, New York best-selling author here. I have written there. I would work in Hollywood. If you have any idea, start writing them out. I just want to give an advice. No question, no nothing. You write something down and you s talk about it. It expands over time. You become more clear on your goal. That's an advice that I would love to give my audience here. And Benjamin, we have uh, a quote here that we say, stay home, stay safe, and be cool. Thank okay? You. you too, you too. So like, stay home, we can like do it, like do it, like stay home, stay safe, and be cool. I'll say it on the count of three, we both have to say it together. Okay? okay. Stay home, stay safe, and be cool. Ah, you're the <laughs> person that actually said it. <laughs> Congratulations, Benjamin. You're the fourth person on the podcast who's actually said it. Thank you. Thank you. I'll say it again next time. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, you were scared, though, but that's really amazing. I still say you have a lot of courage for engineering students out there and for anyone who actually wants to contact Benjamin and his idea towards this thing. I recommend contacting him now and if he actually ever has a LinkedIn account or something or social media please contact everything will be in the link in the description the man is available here and he'll be willing to talk with like-minded engineers on the subject if you want yeah, the idea to be heard he's here with you so until then my viewers I well I would say everyone to be stay home and respect their parents at all he is a person here who has admirable hope and same as, as well, do care for your parents. I always say this, we don't care for them, but every second, every minute counts. You never know when you grow older, they might not be there with you. 
So please do care for them. And until then, peace.